of the Bay Area News Group. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Cam, how's your championship week going, my friend? Well, it's pretty good. I just got to Levi Stadium, and, and the uh, the grass is still on the field. This, the Niners aren't playing any more games here, but they're still playing a game on Sunday in Philly, so they got that going for them. What's the future of Levi Stadium and that field? Because I know they just replaced the turf about a month ago. Do they got monster trucks coming? Is there soccer? Do you know what's up next for Levi's? I believe Taylor Swift is coming uh, for training camp. Oh, I yeah. think um, there's a couple other concerts. Um, there's, I mean, this place does, it was funny because a guy was just, I was walking through the corridors here and a guy was wrapping up some of the sodas that weren't bought from the last game. I said, are those going away for a long winter's nap? And then I go, actually, no, because they have a lot of events here. That's why this is kind of a cash cow for the York family. And they're able to afford all these expensive players that got them, uh, to the stone throw of the Super Bowl again. Cam. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for hopping on. Let's uh, let's chat about Charles Omenahu, who was arrested um, for a misdemeanor domestic violence. Uh, is is there any indication how the Niners are going to proceed with this outside of their fact finding mission? Well, that's what we're going to find out here in the next probably hour and a half or so once uh, Kyle Shanahan addresses it for the first time and. You know, when I found out yesterday morning, uh, as we were working on that story, that Amena who had been arrested Monday night on a misdemeanor domestic violence charge, obviously it's, it's a really delicate situation, um, an understandably touchy subject that, you know, the Niners have had to navigate in the past. Um, we don't know the details of it. We don't know what Charles, uh, what, what he has to say on the matter. So hopefully we get a chance to talk to him today too. But so, you know, if you're Kyle Shanahan, what do you want him to say? Um, what can he say uh, in this situation? And, you know, compounding it is Charles got hurt in the first quarter of the game Sunday against Dallas. You heard his oblique. And so he probably would have been limited in practice this week. So, I mean, if they want to say it, his status is to be determined, that could be the case, you know, on multiple fronts, whether it's from a discipline standpoint or whether it's from a physical standpoint of his own body, which... You know, by, by having to go to jail and get bailed out, that took time away from his recovery. And obviously, I don't want to minimize uh, the, the alleged victim in this either. So um, it, it's not a great look. It's a really bad situation for what, what should be the biggest week of everybody's lives here at Levi Stadium. Does the fact that it was a misdemeanor charge as opposed to a felony charge change the way that the team will and should go about disciplining Charles Amenahill? Well, I would, if it was a felony charge, that would have meant she had uh, visible injuries, right? And I, w I would think so. It's just that you could, you could, there would probably be a much more uh, severe discipline forthcoming. So right now, I think it's kind of a, a two D determined. That's why I'm, I'm really curious to see how the Niners handle this. And um, you know, for the last what five years or so, they've avoided off-field issues. There were so many of them for about. I don't even want to, I guess maybe about eight years where they had so many guys getting arrested for various deeds. And Reuben Foster was the last one. I remember just being in the courtroom with him because he was a, a, arrested for a domestic violence situation that really spun out of control and uh, earned his release off this team. And the Niners, you know, they they brought in, I want to say, high character guys, but we really don't know them. And, and Omenahu, let me just you know, speak on him just because I don't know him very well. He he came to the team midway through the 2021 season. He's always been very nice and accommodating to us in the locker room. 
um, in, in terms of giving us uh, insight on the field about techniques, about strategy. Um, he can be a good quote. And, and he's the kind of guy who would end an interview just, you know, respectfully say, I appreciate you. Not that he was kissing up to us, but he just, it was very sincere that he knew that the NFL was a privilege to play in, um, that he didn't take it for granted. And so I, I'm sure this has shaken him to his core because, you know, he's entering a contract year, or this is his contract year. He's got to hit free agency in two months. Um, and he was hoping to cash in on, on, on a great year. He's very versatile. He had four and a half sacks in the regular season, but he had the two sacks against Seattle in the playoff opener. So um, I, it's just it's a strange situation, I guess. If the 49ers do decide to sit him out of the NFC Championship game, is it as easy as just dropping Drake Jackson into his spot, or does somebody else have to step up? I think the nice thing about the Niners' defensive front is that they have such a great rotation, right? And it's it's not <laughs> incumbent on one guy other than Nick Bosa to dominate. Uh, they, they can shuffle so many different guys through there. Drake Jackson's a different player than Omenahu because Omenahu showed versatility this year where he would come in and he could play defensive end in place of Samson Edbacom, maybe in place of Bosa, rarely. Um, and, but then on third downs, uh, Omenahu would line up over the guard on the interior, kind of the Arden Key role from last season that worked out so well, where the Niners have, you know, three or four really good pass rushers across the board rather than, you know, a beefy interior guy that's clogging, clogging up holes and, and letting Fred Warner come in. Um, and Drake Jackson is not that guy. He's more the outside rusher who's got incredible athleticism and length, and he's been a healthy scratch for the last five games. I don't think it's anything detrimental to what Drake's had in his rookie rookie season. It's just that other guys offered more versatility or, or could do more in special teams. So if Drake Jackson can you know suit up, that's great. He can help fill those pass rushing roles, and then some of the other interior guys are just going to have to uh, do more on their end. Cam Inman here on 95-7 the game as we turn from Amenahu to the injury report. Any deep concern over any of the injured 49ers who came up a little bit gimpy, most particularly Christian McCaffrey who seemed to be nursing a bit of a calf on Sunday? That, that's where my eyes will be at practice today just to see what he's, if, if he's going to be doing anything. Um, I'd imagine that he might, you know, Christian... He came into the Niners with this injury history from Carolina or ever said, oh, he's an injury risk. But I will tell you what, the guy has not missed a game. He's played so much, and you can tell he really wants to be on the field and do as much as he can to win. Um, and that's, that's, you know, fits this team's model. Everybody right now, there's this urgency to win a championship. And he, so how do they manage him on the field? I'm guessing that they'll, they'll take it easy with him during practice let him test out his calf maybe, see how he does in some individual conditioning. Um, tomorrow is really usually their big practice day dibs. Their Thursday session is kind of their more extensive day. Today's more of late. Let's get back on the field, loosen things up, and then Thursday's practice day. Friday they can work on some red zone and, and uh, game plan specific stuff. Um, and then they fly out Friday afternoon to Philly. Cam, I want to I want to turn the clock back real quick to Sunday night because I, I watched Philly's celebration after they beat the Giants, and it looked a little bit like they'd just won the Super Bowl. Was the Niners' locker room was that the the vibe that you caught after their win over Dallas? I think it may have been like you know a couple of years ago when when they've kind of like reached that over oh, when the NFC Championship game. Right now, I think everybody on this team knows there's unfinished business not just from last year, but even from the 2019 Super Bowl year. So it's like, yeah, this was great and all, 
Um, but they got, they have, they, see, a lot of people thought it was a great win Sunday. I didn't think it was a great win. I thought it was a warranted win. I thought they were a way better team than the Cowboys. I don't think they played great on any aspect of their team. Um, they're going to have to play great in Philly in every aspect. So, um, and you know, they went to Philly last season. Okay. And week two, a lot has changed since then. A lot of quarterbacks have come and gone. Um, but they led 17 to three in that game. It was Nick Sirianni's first home game as the Eagles coach. Jalen Hurts was doing pretty well, but he didn't wow me a lot. I mean, he, he kind of engineered this this last gas touchdown drive that made the score respectable. Um, but the Niners did a really good job that game. But Brandon Graham, the Eagles defensive lineman, he got hurt in that game. Um, and now he's back from that Achilles, and he's one of those guys that really appreciates and, and can celebrate like they did you know, Saturday by making it to that stage because that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, obviously, it's something that Green Bay failed to do last year as the number one seed when they lost to the Niners. Cam, one more before we let you go. And five different 49ers members of the organization, finalists for NFL honors, Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa, Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans, and Christian McCaffrey in their various categories. Who's the most likely to win their award? Come on, you know the answer to that. Who's the second most likely to win their award behind <laughs> Nick Bosa, Cam? <laughs> Thank you. Very I tried to give that's you a softball and, and you that's took it, so now you get the hard question, Cam. That that's good knowledge, Dave. That's Thank you. Good Cam. You've been paying attention this season. I like it. Yes. So Nick Bosa will win DPOI. We all pretty much think so. But who's the second most likely to win, Cam? If anyone. You know what I. Okay, here's where it's going to be interesting because I think it's a it's going to be Shanahan versus versus Brian Dable for East Coast versus West Coast bias, right? For coach of and the I year, think, yeah. Yes, for coach of the year because I think the the voters will re- recognize that Kyle Shanahan um, kept this team on, on the path to the playoffs with a third string rookie quarterback that was Mr. Irrelevant, who obviously played great. Um, it's just an incredible coaching feat, right? It should not be minimized at all because he had a championship-caliber roster that he and John Lynch built. I mean, Dable, credit to him. They, they made it to the playoffs. Uh, they did not win in the playoffs. They were the third-best team in their division. So, um, And then Doug Peterson obviously kind of resurrected the Jags, but they're out too. So I, I think Shanahan deserves it. Um, you could look at the – McCaffrey is just a great story. I think he deserves it more than Geno Smith. But then, again, you got East Coast, West Coast. Sa- Saquon Barkley is also up for Comeback Player of the Year. I'd imagine he wins it just because McCaffrey didn't even make the Pro Bowl. So there's some kind of um, you know stigma about him that I think voters have. So I, I wouldn't expect him to win that. Um, what else do we got? Uh, Assistant Coach of the Year, uh, D'Amico versus yeah, Ben D'Amico, Johnson so of the Lions. Yeah, it's D'Amico versus two offensive coordinators, including the one he's going to go against. Um, D'Amico's the one who's up to all these head coaching jobs. D'Amico should win it. Um, I don't know when we start celebrating the Assistant Coach of the Year awards, but uh, that's the way the NFL is. And yeah, it's the acoy. I, th- I think Sunday should decide it. I think whoever totally. wins Sunday between uh, Shane Steichen and D'Amico oh. Ryan should should win the award. That's my thought. And you know what? Then I will write a story on that, and I will win an award for the quickest person to write a story on who won the assistant coach of the year. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Perfect. Yeah, so we can work together. Yeah. All that, uh, all that answer without actually answering the question. Cam Inman, he, he's a veteran of many an interview. Sports Talk Radio at its finest. You're the best, Cam. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, fly safe to Philadelphia, and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right, love you guys. Thanks, much.